How does a 63-year-old third-generation property and casualty insurance agency reevaluate its benefits practice and help clients create employee appreciation in light of healthcare reform? We'll find out in this episode of Shift Shapers. Change either paralyzes or energizes. The choice is yours. You're listening to the Shift Shapers podcast. You're about to learn firsthand from businesses and entrepreneurs who have successfully shaped the shifts in their industries. Get ready to become the change that you want to see. Here's your host and chief transformation strategist, David Saltzman. Today's episode of Shift Shapers is sponsored by Rogers Benefit Group, a national employee benefits general agency. For over 65 years, Rogers Benefit Group has focused on helping brokers deliver creative, value-driven solutions to attract new group business and strengthen existing client relationships. For more information, go to our website at shiftshapersonline.com. Today, we're pleased to be speaking with John Spann of Spann Insurance in Nashville. John's got a very interesting agency and an interesting story and is doing some very new things. So we thought he'd be a perfect person to talk to the Shift Shapers audience. John, welcome and thank you for sharing your expertise with us today. Thank you. As I mentioned, the agency, your agency is maybe a little different than a lot of our users in that it's an old line family agency. Can you talk a little bit about the agency, how it's grown and and what product lines you all offer? Sure. Um, my grandfather and grandmother started the agency in 1951, uh, just a property casualty agency. You know, I became licensed while I was a senior in high school and uh, during Y2K, managed the computer systems to get through that while I was in college. But uh, got out of college and you know, liked the idea of a family business, didn't particularly like property casualty insurance as a finance major, but I did enjoy investments and insurance. And so, and no one was really focusing on life, health, benefits in general. And I decided a uh, great way to uh, work in with the family, but not fight as often. It was to uh, focus on something different. And I work, there's 18 of us here, but that includes my grandmother, who still is here seven days a week and works 50 hours at least a week, along with my uh, father and uncle. So there's always that family tension at some point around your, you know, but, uh, you know, you find your own niches and uh, contribute towards the common cause. But the uh, benefits has been a uh, way to diversify the agency and, uh, being a PNC agency, we have a lot of clients that are contractors and uh, you know small businesses. Uh, my focus has always been the under fifty market. Of course, you know have larger clients as well, but under fifty and really especially the under thirty has been a focus for me forever, uh, and because those are the clients that really need assistance. They don't have a director of HR. They have an overworked business owner that just needs some guidance and uh, wants to make sure they're providing something for employees. But especially in the last six years, there hasn't been much budget being in the, you know, mostly residential contractors, the housing bust, uh, things are starting to turn around a little bit, but budgets are still tight and uh, trying to keep employees from being being disgruntled by cutting benefits at the same time benefit 
prices are going up has been a very hard balance, especially with the Affordable Care Act. Well, I was going to get into that. I mean, so so the the market in itself, the economic status of your particular market and the agency's market has changed and gotten tighter. But that's kind of run headlong into ACA. And I presume that's been a complicating factor for a lot of your clients. Yeah, I mean, it absolutely has. I mean, you know, some clients that uh, what would have been some of our larger or largest clients years ago uh, were home builders or contractors that worked exclusively with home builders. And some of those aren't clients anymore because they're not businesses anymore. And it uh, is very sad and fortunate. Um, and, you know, others are still around, but they're smaller. They've dropped benefits. You know, I've been able to go in and help those individuals sign up for individual coverage. Individual insurance has always been individual health. Life has always been a very strong focus here. We are a, a street front agency on a you know main thoroughfare, so to speak. So we do have a lot of walk-ins. And because of that individual health and uh, having a large uh, client base over 60 years of uh, auto and home insurance clients as well, it's allowed us to uh, focus on individual and group. And when that group does dissolve or an employee leaves employment or just needs to cover one child, which was we can do again now, but was hard for the last few years, we were able to do that. Uh, just doing that group meeting and saying, hey, if you only have one kid, you know, call me. We'll write them outside of the group because sure. your rate's based upon 2.3 children. And now you, you talked about individual in terms of core medical, but you also do individual in life and DI. And I, I think that's kind of key because you've now identified two different shifts that happen. And as you started to think about how to shape those shifts, individual life, individual DI became key. Could you talk a little bit about how you started shaping those shifts in the broad sense, and then we'll narrow down into maybe a couple of client examples that people might enjoy? Well, I, I believe the recession in between the housing bust and the in our market, the uh, impact that had on businesses and finances for you know everyone in this country at some level showed what happens when a budget gets constricted, and that's made it a little more real to talk, you know, even to people that weren't typically your DI market um, about disability insurance, you know, just by asking questions of what would happen if you couldn't work for three months or six months. And because most people don't have three months income put away, they'll say they do. But if you ask them directly, what would be your plan if, uh, you know, you or your spouse were on the sofa for the next six months and couldn't go to work. I had one client yesterday who just wanted to talk about life insurance. And I said, well, if your husband didn't die, he was just laying on the couch and couldn't go to work for six months and wasn't getting a paycheck, what would happen? And she said, well, well that wouldn't work. You know, well, that people don't think about this. The same thing as the old six-month vacation idea. But people are seeing their friends being laid off or they're experiencing it, finding another job. And, you know, so what if you weren't laid off by the employer's decision, but if it was just your body? And uh, it's a hard conversation to have. Uh, I've kind of, as a practice, started being very hesitant to send out term life insurance quotes because I'd much rather have someone come in that's wanting to look at a 20 or 30 year term and say, why don't we look at a 10 year term? 
and add on a small disability policy here for you so that, uh, you know, you're protected because most people get sick or hurt before they die. And if you get sick or hurt before you die, like most people do, you know, and when you had to choose between the life insurance or the light bill, which one would win? And now a word from our sponsor. For over 65 years, Rogers Benefit Group has been committed to helping brokers with employee benefits. They partner with professional agents to bring fully insured and self-funded medical plans, plus a wide range of ancillary benefits to the client. When you partner with Rogers Benefit Group, the value added goes far beyond plan benefits and service. Their proprietary PPACA modeling tool helps brokers evaluate the law's impact on each of their clients and allows them to strategically guide their clients through the law and its regulations. And to make sure that groups with over 100 employees don't face penalties next year, they've partnered with several insurance companies and TPAs to custom design minimum essential coverage and minimum value plans. To find the Rogers Benefit Group office near you, just go to our website at shiftshapersonline.com and click on their logo at the top of the page. And now, back to our conversation. Now, you're talking a, a great deal about working with individuals, but as you mentioned earlier, you serve the, in large measure, the 50 and under marketplace. How has some of these conversations been going with employers and, and uh, dealing with the shifts that they've been going under, both because of the marketplace and because of ACA? What, what kinds of things are you doing in that market? Many of my uh, clients that have less than 50 employees and aren't even, don't have any chance, plan, et cetera, of even reaching 50 full-time equivalents anytime soon. I've been helping them and counseling them and say, let's get rid of the group health insurance. Let's, you know, there's no reason, you're not forced to offer it. You're subsidizing employees' health insurance already, and most of them are complaining about the cost and that the deductibles are too high. And really, in a way, you're punishing your employees, not intentionally, but a lot of them, especially in my market, get can qualify for, you know, at least premium subsidies, if not also deductible reductions on the marketplace. And so I said, you know, if you dropped your health insurance, I could come in, help your employees. I can take an iPad in and I meet with every employee one on one for about five minutes, help them see what their individual policy would cost while we're, you know, getting Un, you know, disenrolling the health insurance, but something has to go in its place, you know, as far as so the employer can continue to show a commitment to the value they place on benefits for the employees. Uh, several of our commercial PNC clients that are not benefits clients have been in Tennessee. We've had a program called Cover TN, which is basically a catastrophic mini-med type program that cost $100 a month per employee. Employers pay 100, state pays 50, and that's been provided to these employees. Well, it got eliminated at the end of last year because of the Affordable Care Act. And so a lot of the employers had were forced to drop coverage. So in those situations, employers have called our office and the commercial producer has referred them to me to try to figure out what they can do because their employees are complaining. And at that point, it's it's important. They want to offer benefits at some level. Some of them, some of them just want to make the employees stop complaining. And the way to do that is to show some level of commitment. And so I will 
I know they're paying $100 a month now per employee. And so I will bundle some benefits together and make sure it includes life and DI. Usually you throw dental and vision on there too, because the employer's offering the Cover Tennessee product. That's all they've been offering. They haven't been offering disability, life, or, or even dental and vision for that matter. And so being able to go in there and say, you can offer all four of these, and more than likely, your empl- none of your employees have any life insurance unless their employer provides it because it's usually the under 35 market. Some of them are single. Some of them have you know young families, but they're invincible. They don't need life insurance or disability. And so being able to go offer that and my being able to go into a meeting and brag about their employer and say that I'm here because your employer is, you know, as you know, is being forced to drop the health insurance. It's not something they want to do. You're very value, valued. And he called me asking what he could do to still offer something since the government's taken away his ability to offer affordable health insurance to you. And we did look at offering health insurance instead. It would have cost him more. But what we found out in the end is the health insurance he could offer would be more expensive and higher deductibles than what you, we, I could probably help you get individually on your own. So he's opted to, rather than just saying, dropping everything, we've put together some benefits you don't currently have that you know he or she's going to provide for you in place of the medical. And in your neck of the woods, John, how do those benefits in terms of cost, when you go in and you offer that package of four benefits that you mentioned, how do those products in aggregate compare cost-wise to what the employer was spending for their medical plan? Well, to use the case that uh, I shared at the Emeritus DI forum a couple of months ago that uh, had a lot of Emeritus benefits in it, the uh, cost was about eight, averaged out to $80 a month per employee. It was uh, $25,000 of lump sum disability. It was uh, dental, vision, and uh, $25,000 worth of life. It was a level term to age 65 through one of my carriers. Um you know, those are individual. The disability and the life were, well, they were discounted for being on a group basis. They were really individually owned worksite products, um, which, of course, has different tax treatment than uh, group products. But the prices are low enough. It's, you know, the taxation to the employee on it is not great. And it's worth that cost if the employer wants a double bonus or whatever. They still stay under the 100. I won't go into Every, you know, depending on the type of entity the business is, the taxation is a little different. But that case in particular, we wrote January 1st, 25 employees. And on in mid-April, we had a, I think it was mid-April, it might have been late March, 31-year-old father of two and a wife who had just quit her job, who was relocating to Tennessee to be with him. You know, he died completely out of the blue. He was perfectly healthy. And uh, that was the only life insurance he had, you know, unemployed wife because she was moving to get closer to him and uh, two kids. And uh, that's all the life insurance they had. But that was better than nothing. And Uh, how did that pricing work out for the employer? About $80 a month. Was that less than they were spending prior for their for their medical plan? Yeah, they were spending 100 for the covered TN because they just had that mini med product Mm. to, to the government. The state of Tennessee. Now, I know your model leverages individual products an awful lot, and, and you've had a lot of success with that. 
but you're kind of using some of your group contacts to get there. So I wonder, are there multi-life opportunities or guaranteed standard issue opportunities that you're finding, especially in the DI arena? Yes. In fact, the disability product I use in that group was a guaranteed issue offering, especially when the employer is paying for it. You know, you can usually go down to five lives and get guaranteed issue. The uh, life insurance uh, product I used on that asked about AIDS, cancer, and hospitalization in the last six months. That was the limit of the underwriting. So the product I used, even though it was an individual product, it wasn't guaranteed issue, but you can't get much closer than (laughs) do you have cancer or have you been hospitalized and missed work in the last either three months or six months. I mean, we didn't have anybody not pass that test because it's not a simplified issue. You've run into some problems, but this is a carrier that goes further than that. Well, it certainly sounds like you found a great way to shape a multiple number of shifts that you found in, in your marketplace, both from the economic standpoint and from the ACA. John, we've got about a minute or two left. I'd like to ask you what you see coming in the future. Do you see more of this? Do you see different models of what you're doing? How do you expect that you'll be growing your business and, and what kinds of things you'll be seeing over the next year or two? Well, personally, what I'm enjoying is being able to find a way to get back to that individual relationship and helping employers a find a way not to deal with as much burden of keeping up with compliance and ACA. And, of course, the time that we have to spend keeping up to date with that, which isn't going to change, but employers are get, get so put off and frustrated because it seems like if you do have employers that want to know the difference, you're having to call them all the time with this change or forget what I told you last month. And uh, finding a way for these small employers to escape that is a gift to them in itself, and it allows you to uh, have the time again to actually help people at the individual level as opposed to just help a business owner stay compliant. Both are important, but at the end of the day, which one is more fulfilling for someone in this business? Because I'm in this business to help people, not run a compliance department. And. That's a great place to end our interview. Uh, John, thank you so much for spending time with the Shift Shapers audience today. We appreciate your insights and your model and best of luck in the future. Thank you. For more information about this episode or about any of our earlier episodes and to learn how to subscribe on iTunes so you never miss an episode, go to our website, shiftshapersonline.com. While you're on the site, leave a comment and register to be part of the Shapers community. You'll be the first to learn about upcoming specials like exclusive webinars and content you can use to take your business to the next level. Again, thanks for joining us for today's episode. And remember, you have the power to shape the shifts in your business.